Okay, and we're live. We're back with the Scent Spotlight, the show that's highlighting all the amazing creators on the Scent platform. And today's show is a special one. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, our guest today is a prolific artist on Super Rare and a fellow Scent user. Uh, to me, their collage style of art is instantly recognizable for its infusion of nostalgic punk and gritty glamour as well as the running theme of old, decaying, and corrupting fiat money. As both a collector and a personal admirer from afar, I'm super stoked to be able to speak with Miss Al Simpson. Welcome to the spotlight. Hi. Hi. Thanks, thanks for having me. Um, I'm a, a full-time artist based in Edinburgh, Scotland. And as you've touched on, I, I specialize in collage. And now most of my practice is now completely digital, um, I started off as a as an analog, I suppose you would call it, a collage artist, and gradually moved more and more over into digital. And I would say probably about ninety percent of my practice now is is purely crypto, which is incredibly exciting because what you can really start to do with collage and digital, I think, knows no boundaries. Yeah, I mean your work constantly amazes me it's just so rich and so deep and it's cool that you mentioned that you you used to be fully analog and now you're almost entirely digital but I'm wondering if you could uh, walk us through in a little bit more detail your creative journey like how did you actually come to find your your passion with collage art like did you have a particular style previous to discovering that and then that's walking us through into when you discover digital art and then crypto art Okay, well, I've I've drawn and painted my whole life. Um, I grew up uh, watching a lot of uh, American TV shows over here in Scotland whilst gaming with one of the first ZX81s. And I also was always surrounded by my mother's fashion magazine. So kind of grew up with a strange mix of hyper-consumerism mixed with computers and, and so on. So I've always drawn and painted and obviously, you know, drawing on magazines always appealed to to me so I started off very traditional but started to try and explore more of a graffiti style just mainly as a means of freeing up the traditional practice but that then led on to exploring collage um, which I've now focused on for about the, the past 10 years and really really wanting to to push the boundaries as I said with collage beyond something that's that's quite traditional so so that's really where where it's developed. I mean, I think my style now is probably figurative hyper-consumerism with elements of graffiti and urban landscape. I think that's probably the best way of describing it. Yeah, that's, that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> How did you actually come across the crypto art scene? Were you digital before that? Or was the, the transition to digital and crypto something that happened simultaneously? Well, I suppose I'd only really been digital before that in in the way that you try and present your work online, you know, taking it into Photoshop just to tidy it up. But I'd never crossed the, the line, as it were, into actually starting to, to play around with my original collages and digital until it was actually Known Origin who had been following my work online and had invited me to digitise my collages and, and come onto their site. And they were great. They actually talked me through the whole process and on getting getting online and with the crypto art. So they they were really responsible for me for me crossing over. And ever since I've done that, 
it's just grown and grown and uh, I'm completely passionate about it and I'm a full-time artist so um, you know th- this has, has made a big difference to my practice so it's it's all down to no knowledge <laughs> it's their fault <laughs> it's their fault. Well, th- thank, thank you, Known Origin, for, for yeah, bringing exactly. Ms. Al Simpson over here. Uh, so, well, actually, I've, I've been in discussion with a bunch of uh, artists on the scene talking about like what needs to happen in, in order for this the crypto art scene to, to develop. And one of the, the running themes is just onboarding more and more artists. And, well, since you went through that that onboarding process thanks to to known origin i'm just wondering if you could like briefly talk about what if an artist is curious about crypto art of tokenizing um their digital work what do they need to know what do they need to do in order to to do that um would the best resource be known origin or a site like mintable or mintbase what would you recommend to that creator that wants to dip their toes and, and start tokenizing the work um, I think, I mean, obviously the, the two big platforms, SuperRare and Known Origin, are, are great places to start. I mean, as I said, Known Origin actually talked me through the process of getting my MetaMask set up. But obviously on Scent, there's, there's a lot of information. You can see how other creators are making work and how they're, you know, there's new new creators coming on all the time. So um, I think it's it's dipping your toe in and then gradually becoming fully immersive. Um, but it's stage by stage. I mean, I've invited quite a few analog artists on and invited them to, to speak to the platforms. Um, but, you know, I suppose it's a, a process, isn't it? And it's as an analog artist, I think you've got to change something in your mindset. You've actually got to go, right, I'm going to do this. And that, I think, is maybe difficult at the moment for quite a lot of analog artists. I think there's still a lot of people that want to hold on to that traditional art market. And a lot of people have been trained, haven't they, in that, in that way. And it's quite a different mindset, crypto art. It's, I see it as a movement. I really do. I think it's incredible. Um, but I think it's quite a different mindset. So I think I would advise anyone thinking about it or hearing about it, just dip your toe in. Start to read on some of the platforms, start to read about it, have a look at some of the other artists, but give it a go. Give it a, What have you got to lose? Apart from the fact that it's always on the blockchain forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be careful what you upload. It'll be there forever. <laughs> well, circling back to your actual art and your work, when you're introducing yourself, you, you talked about your childhood experiences, your exposure to U.S. TV shows, U.S. culture broadly, the fashion magazines that your, your mom had lying around and the graffiti and traditional art. But in your your artwork, there's also like a, a very prominent running theme of like this old decaying fiat money with its corrupting influence. I'm just wondering if you could sort of speak to that. And then like if there's anything else about you yourself that's reflected in your works other than that, those childhood experiences. Okay. Well, the, the Old Money Corrupts is a series which is really multi, multi-layered. Um, it's actually part of a bigger theme of my practice, which has been looking at the promise of luxury and wealth that's fed to us on an almost daily basis and how that promise can really corrupt your mind, body and soul. Obviously, naturally, with the advent of the blockchain and cryptocurrency, we can really see how corrupt the traditional wealth structures are. 
particularly the lack of transparency. But I also like the idea of old money being kind of like a virus, almost like a parasite on its host, um, where the host doesn't really realise until maybe it's too late how far down that the line they've gone. So I like the idea of almost a visceral corruption of the, the body, the actual face, almost quite horrific because, you know, I think, I think all art, all good art really has to be standing on that precipice, doesn't it? It almost has to be standing, looking over the cliff. You know, I'll, I'll show you something that maybe might look a bit horrific to get the point across because, you know, art can, can be beautiful, but it, it can also disturb. And I, I think that element interests me. Yeah, but I think as as a female, you know, you, you know, we are marketed heavily, and you know, I think John Berger talked about it in um, the, the ways of seeing, you know, this almost idea of yourself as a woman through a man's gaze. Um, and these fashion magazines really, really interest me. I think it's uh, you know the Vogue, this whole promise of the Vogue magazine, and I I just love to disrupt that. I just love to corrupt and rip it up because, you know, apparently Vogue invented the term cellulite in 1973. Oh um, really? Yeah, they invented that, um, you know, to give women a way to really hate themselves. Um, so I, that's probably why I, you know, having grown up almost with these images, I really like to subvert them and distort them. So that, that's probably the element of me that's in it. But I think what's amazing about the crypto art scene is that the, it allows you to explore your practice along with, you know, obviously putting work up on the blockchain and, you know, attracting collectors and the, the community is incredible. Such a supportive community. I think it's a real movement now. No, I, I'm 100% on board with the fact that this is a movement and it's growing and it's spreading and like the community is just, it's so phenomenal and so collaborative, so helpful and opening and just picking up the phone and speaking right now. Like that's amazing to have such, mm. such access and support within the community. Getting back to what you were talking about with your artwork, trying to stand on that really risky precipice of being disturbing, of trying to tear something up and straddling that with some beauty and some some attractive qualities. You do that so amazingly well. <laughs> you, you really do. <laughs> You can just see that like the virus-like old corrupting fiat really starting to take over a lot of the pictures. You see the actual literal tears that you've made in, into these images. It, it is disturbing. There's poses that are almost sickly, but there's this amazing attractiveness to it. I, I think a lot of that has to do with your color choice. It's just arresting. Like <laughs> that just draws you in and then you start to see all these other details and you're like, oh, this is this is something much more. But you're you're also so prolific. You're you're pumping out a, a lot of work and your work is like I mentioned before, like deeply layered. The meaning is very rich. And I'm really curious about the actual process behind it. What does your toolkit look like? How do you actually go from idea or conception of an idea to a final product? You know, I, I like to actually be quite old school. So I, I like to to start with actually, you know, some of the my actual collages, glue, 
ink, um, ripping, scissors. And that's where I like to start because I, I, I really enjoy mark making. And I see mark making not just as, a, you know, obviously a, a pencil and um, ink, but, but the, the mark of a rip, a tear, um, and how you reconfigure something that has been so beautifully presented, maybe in a magazine or a, a bill poster, and how you can interfere with that. And that's, that's what maybe starts off my imagination of the corruption, of the corruption of the image. Um, but you mentioned about being prolific. I firmly believe that um, artists should be very prolific. I, I don't I don't prescribe to the idea of you should only make a few pieces and maybe work on them for a long time. That's not how, how I work. I I like to push the boundaries with my work by making a lot of it and seeing where things can improve. You make big leaps sometimes. Um, you find new themes by making quite a lot of work. Um, and I think artists are always searching for some some kind of truth, aren't they? They're always searching for some kind of pure um, element to their work. And I think you can only really find that by being prolific. Um, and so that that's certainly the way I work. But I'll, I will start by literally just ripping some, some pages, gluing some things together, starting to make some marks, and then take it from there. But, you know, when I take it into the digital that's where I believe the magic really, really starts for me. Um, because I think <clears throat> just that void space where you have something that's analog and then you take it into the digital, there's a bit of a void there where you're actually asking the computer to start to go on that journey with you. Um, and I think that's a beautiful partnership. Um, you know, as I, I think I've said before, I had one of the first ZX81s, which was a, a very very basic gaming computer, but um, I absolutely love computers. I've, I always have, so um, I really enjoy making digital art with with my my Mac. <laughs> It'll soon be my new Mac, but um, <laughs> but no, I, I really enjoy that. So so that's that's my process, and uh, I think sometimes you can be very prolific as an artist, and you you're really a great amount of output. And then other days, like anything, you sit there and you you kind of look at the the blank canvas and go. What am I going to do today? So, yeah, it's, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The idea of being prolific as an expression of your creativity and to find what you're looking for, I identify with that just from a writing standpoint of practicing writing every single day, not being too precious about things, just experimenting with ideas, forms to, to find a rhythm and to, to feel comfortable with that sort of expression. But as a visual artist, this is what I'm curious about too. Like, how do you know when you're you're finished with a piece and you upload it? Is it a feeling? Is it just like mm, that's it? Or are you looking for something in particular? Are you looking for the piece to 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 look a particular way? How do you get to that that finished point when you know you're done with a particular piece? Uh, for me, it just kind of clicks. You know, I you get to a point where you're feeling your way towards the end of the work. And then you just kind of know that I've just got to add that or that or just manoeuvre that and click. And that, that for me is, is, is what happens. It just clicks into place. Um, but some works, I mean, you know, some of my collages are very detailed. 
Um, so those are they are lot, works that I've taken a lot longer with, and um, there's a lot of exploration of mark making and and texture. Um, but other pieces, you know, certainly the the old money corrupts. It's just a feeling of it's just the right amount of corruption and beauty, as you, you've mentioned. Um, so, and also with the colours, you know, I've got the colours just right. And you also don't want to ruin it, so you don't want to to overstep the mark. So it is a fine line, but no, it's just a it's just a feeling. Mm-hmm. And then your main tools are, is it like Photoshop or are you using some other like next level applications on the Mac? I'm using Photoshop at the moment, but as I've mentioned, you know, I've got an old Mac at the moment that I'm replacing at Christmas. So I'm really looking forward to starting to to use that all that new memory. <laughs> but my, my old trusty Mac's been a loyal servant. But I think you, you do need the new technology to be able to really explore some of the amazing things that that you can you can do now. I mean, there's some great artists out there really exploring the tech side of art, like Matt Cain and Sato and Coldy. Um, and I think these guys are really pushing the limit on it. So, you know, it's it's amazing. I mean, every single day when you look at the platforms, I'm amazed by what people have done. Um, and I think that's only going to increase. Absolutely. And you mentioned Matt Kane. I saw the tweet the other day where he was explaining how he actually programs the algorithms himself that he uses to create his pieces. And I was just like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. that is a whole nother level. Can you imagine programming Photoshop to actually use that to make the visual art? That's, that's amazing. Yeah, I was. I think. I mean, Matt, Matt Kane in particular. I mean, I, you, you touched on collaboration before, but Matt Kane would be top, probably top of my list for a collaboration because I would love to see what his algorithm could do with one of my detailed collages. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> I, I can already see like the layers on that side angle that he likes to do. I can already see all those pieces. I think that application to what you're doing would really help people understand like how deep it is right away. I, I think that would be beautiful. Um, but I think the collaborative element of the of the crypto art scene is really, really exciting too. I mean, I've already done one with Max um, Osiris and I'm currently doing one with Stina Jones. And Ooh. I think this is, a, yeah, yeah. So it's, we've got something cooking at the moment. But I, I think this area is going to be really, really innovative for the movement um, in a way that the traditional art market really hasn't really had much of, has it? Yeah, no. <laughs> That's one of the emergent themes that it's been so amazing to watch within crypto art, but crypto broadly, because it's this uncensorable open source money that's really facilitating this kind of collaboration amongst people all over the world immediately, right? And yeah. it, within crypto art, like obviously that expression is that it's most beautiful and it's most apparent. Like, the St. Nakamoto piece I scooped up from JaVinci and a lot of money. Again, like another amazing collaboration. But for your collaborations with like Stina and Max, uh, were you utilizing known origins, smart contract where you can add multiple addresses so that the funds get dispersed automatically? Or like how exactly are you going about the collaboration from like that crypto perspective uh, and smart contract area? Or is it just trust-based at this point? The one with Max, we I think he just put it on Super Air, so it was just on trust. But with Stina, we'll probably um, have a go at the the new feature on Known Origin. I think that that sounds really exciting. But 
you know, who knows where this is going to end up. You know, there's there's so many great artists with such great styles and individual brands on, on all the platforms that, you know, the sky's the limit really, isn't it? No, absolutely. And then bringing this back real quick to Scent, I know you've had a bunch of posts on Scent. I'm just curious from your perspective, like what could we do? What could we add? What could be improved about our products, our tools that would help you create or share more on, on Scent? I, I really like the format at the moment. I think it's um, it's engaging. I think it's you know, it's obviously real time. I think if there was any anything maybe to try and encourage more discussion, I think the discussion element's really interesting on scent. Um but I think the whole concept's mind blowing. I mean, you know, to, to be blogging and, and earning some cash from it is fabulous. I mean, you know, bring on more of it is is brilliant. But I think if there was just maybe a bit more discussion but I think the the platform at the moment's great I mean I think being able to make some cash from posting and commenting is is the way forward yeah but I, I definitely agree with that being able to more reliably incentivize that thoughtful discussion which again like we just need to be able to more reliably provide that to, to more users as we scale but 100% on board with that you know, um, artists are, are quite sensitive souls and we're all working away in our, our own <laughs> practice. So to, to try and encourage that sociable uh, sharing element, I think it's really supportive to artists in particular. I think it's it's really encouraging and it, it means it's not lonely. You know, it's mm-hmm. you, you can get out there chatting to other artists, chatting to collectors and really get some great feedback. And I think artists in particular really need that. I totally agree. Well, you've been super generous with your time. It's been an awesome conversation. And I'll just wrap up with the question that I ask all of my guests. If there's any creator on, on scent that you would like to see spotlighted in the future, please Give me your list and I'll try to make that happen. Okay, brilliant. You know, I think uh, my partner, Nori Harmon, I don't know, do you know his work? I don't think he's on scent yet, but I'll have to I'll have to get him on there. Ex Copy and Max or Isis, you know, who I've already collaborated with. I like J Carr, Josie Bellini, um, I think she's brilliant, and Ophelia Few. There's uh, just a huge number of artists. I mean, there's actually too many to list, but yeah, that, that's my, my top list at the moment. Well, thank you so much for your time. It was an absolute pleasure to finally be able to, to speak with you, being such a fan and collector. It's, it's, these moments are always super cool. And to find out that you're, we're so aligned in, in our thoughts and just to get dig deeper into your process, it was fantastic. Yeah, thanks for chatting. Great, great to speak to you eventually. Yeah. Well, anyway, well, have a great, great day and an awesome weekend and keep creating. Yeah, you too. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.